expect out of life as a believer who has been justified by Christ Jesus. And the operative word that we're going to examine today is justified and justification. And I want us to open up this program, which we're going to examine Article of Nine in the Church of the Nazarene's Article of Faith. We are going to examine a meme which I really feel like captures this idea of being justified and how our relationship with sin has changed. So let's take a look at this meme. And again, it is from the Instagram account KCMix underscore UK. And it goes as follows. In religion, if one messes up, they say, I messed up. My dad is going to kill me. But in the gospel, if one messes up, they say, I messed up. I better call my dad. And I really like this meme because it drives home that in true gospel living, we are made new and we are freed from sin. Yet when we mess up, if we confess our sins to God, we will find forgiveness and not tyranny. It is not this idea that God is a tyrant coming to blow you out of existence, but instead there is this idea that God is going to have grace and mercy. And justification is an interesting concept to discuss, and that's what we're going to look at today. So welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure, and it is produced by clergy in the Church of the Nazarene. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor. I'm Pastor Amanda Sparrow. I'm Anthony Alegria. And I'm Mike Proctor. And today we are going to pick up on Article 9 in the Church of the Nazarene, and we're going to be emphasizing justification. And again, we have been breaking down this article. It is justification, adoption, and regeneration, but each of these kind of deserve their own conversation. So we're going to spend some time breaking all this down. So before we go much further, let's go back to this meme. And when we look at the world around us, there is something that people like Dr. Sprouls, who was a guest a couple of weeks ago, call churchianity. And this is the idea of having the religious side of the church without the spiritual side, without the gospel actually being a component of it. They're just kind of stuck in the law without the spirit of the law. And when we see the issues in churchianity, we find that people really have the first mentality that was found in that meme that, well, oh, I messed up. I better hide because God is going to come and obliterate me. But those who actually live in the gospel, they realize if one messes up and they want to be honest and righteous, they need to confess their sins and be liberated. What do y'all think about that meme? Let me start just throwing this around the, the table. Pastor Amanda, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it, it's really interesting. And I think it speaks to a lot of people in the sense of um, a very kind of secular view of Christianity as well. It's kind of like that first one that, that says religion. Um, we kind of hear things like from even our own scriptures, like the story of Sodom and Gomorrah or even Noah. Um, and we just kind of automatically assume that God is this Zeus-like character um, with his thunderbolts just waiting for us to, to mess up so he can zap us. I think what's also interesting about this meme is that we were talking about it in the context of justification and um, that justification happens, and, but even after justification, me being made righteous and being uh, both in the present tense and also in the future tense, that there is still this room for free will and that there may be mistakes made. And we don't have to worry about losing our salvation or losing our entire sanctification in the sense that one mistake automatically throws us back into the, uh, the pits of hell. Yeah, and Pastor Mike, when you read those two different sentiments that are conveyed there in the meme, the first one is really nervous that they messed up. There's not much of assurance that there will be any salvation. It's kind of, oh, no, I messed up. There's no more hope. The second one, it realizes, well, I did mess up. There's actually a pathway to get things set back right. And I know you had a little bit of a story you were talking about, about really just being freed from the tyranny of the world. Uh, 
Well, absolutely. You know, uh, I think people mess up. We've all messed up. I uh, made a little mistake. I backed uh, the van into the railing at the church uh, that kind of comes off to the side there and uh, I uprooted a post out of the concrete. Yes, very, very, uh, very nice. And I could have said, oh, um, I, uh, I do not want to tell the church board what I did. But instead, I did. I said, hey, I made a little mess up. So I called Ed. Um, and Ed said, I'll be over there with my tools. And he came. There's a picture I think we have. Yeah, we've we got a picture. Up. And uh, Ed showed up with this big giant hammer drill. And he said, we'll chop all this up. And, and the thing is, there was grace there. And there was a relationship between... Uh, myself and the the congregation or those that, that you know hold me accountable they they were very much uh, forgiving and saying okay we'll get this and and I think well, it, there's go ahead it kept things from being blown out of proportion absolutely and a lot of times you find that when people mess things up the cover up is oftentimes worse than the actual crime and I think that's one of the things you're saying it it kept things being in a correct perspective no and, well absolutely and I think you have to start with either a God of love or a God of wrath and when you put this justification in the right uh, perspective, it is no longer uh, a God of wrath, but a God of love. And it is also not just a, a free card to say, well, I'm justified, I can do and sin and do whatever I want. But yeah. there is some, uh, I mean, sin has ramifications for sure. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about justification today. And that is, it is something which relates to the concept of sin and the, the shortcomings that people have in their life. And let's go ahead and read this first paragraph out of Article 9, this introductory paragraph. So it's just, if you open up your Nazarene manual, Article of Faith 9, it's this opening statement. Pastor Amanda, would you read that for us? All right. So Article 9 reads as follows. We believe that justification is the gracious and judicial act of God by which he grants full pardon of all guilt and complete release from the penalty of sins committed and acceptance as righteousness to all who believe on Jesus Christ and receive him as Lord and Savior. Alrighty. So, after the fall, everybody is a sinner. And this is something which must be addressed. And we're going to have a conversation today, and we might get in the hairs of theology. We might not. This, again, it's a talk show. It's not something which is scripted. So, one of the things I want to open up with is there There are some... There's tension here within this, this particular article. And... I feel as if there's different people in a committee who are trying to say sin is a problem and the natural trajectory of sin is something which has really bad penalty and consequence. But after one is saved, there's a process which comes to alleviate the guilt of sin. The, the status you have with the guilt of sin is changed. And now I know something like saying the status of, of guilt of sin is changed. That's not a very specific statement. And, and I want by the time we've got to the conclusion of this program must actually have a very precise meaning to that. Because when you look throughout the history of the church, sometimes people say, well, yeah, your status of guilt has changed, but that now means, well, you're a Christian and you were born again. And if you ever sin again, you lose your salvation and God is going to crank up the furnaces of hell like nine or 10 times because your eternal damnation is worse than if you were never a Christian. You get things like the, the Montanite heresies throughout history where they say, you know, your guilt of sin increases as a believer. And then you find other people who say, well, once you're saved, well, you can't possibly ever do anything wrong again. No matter if you're you know, a mass murderer, you're, because you made that one confession, you're now free from all sin. But we realize there are problems with both of these lines of thinking. So I'm just going to throw this over to Pastor Amanda, and then we'll go around <laughs> cord purgatory here in the name of our studio, and we'll see what we think about justification. Yeah, and I think 
there's so because there is so much going on i think with different ideas and perspectives on justification um that this is why even though we do hear attention even in this one paragraph this is why article 9 is justification regeneration and adoption because it's trying to hold us in this tension of saying uh that you are justified and that justification happens where you're made right with god uh, but you are also a new creature so that's in regeneration so you can't or you shouldn't go on living as you used to now free will isn't obliterated so you do have that choice and you do have that free will to lose your justification i think to to backslide is kind of the the the, the old church language for it yeah but it's not something that happens it's not like losing your keys um, you don't just one day wake up and be like, hmm, where did I put my justification? Um, but there's this relationship where it starts with who God is and it, and that we are continually being made uh, renewed in that image. Um, and, I, and I think also this, like, even in our language, this release from penalty of sins is not a release uh, from some of the immediate consequences. Uh, we talked about earlier, if you go out and um, wreck a car, you can ask for forgiveness and, may, and people can forgive you for wrecking your, your vehicle or for whatever property damage may have happened because you wrecked your vehicle. But that doesn't change the fact that the vehicle uh, is wrecked. However, as you were talking about earlier, it, it changes this, um, how did you phrase it? It changes like the percentage of, of guilt or something like that. Um, is well, I think back to when we were getting prepared for the show, we were talking about how there is a change in one's guilt. So like you said, and again, we're using fine language here, not all of the effects of sin mm-hmm. are just wiped away. Like again, if you commit a sin such as murder, if you kill someone and then you confess it, there are ways that you can get right back with God, but that's not going to bring that person's life back. It's not going to undo the the actions that you did. But at the same time, you can find forgiveness. Right. And yeah. there is also a change even in the way you're dealing with those penalties or yeah, those consequences. Yeah. For instance, like if you go to jail because you've committed a crime, if you seek forgiveness, the at your attitude and your experience of that penalty is going to be different than if you were if you had not sought forgiveness. Now the outside yeah. appearance of you being in jail is the same either way. Right. But there's a whole different relational and I, I think character and attitude difference that is quite significant. And so when we talk about this article in justification, something is happening um that how we experience life and if in the future because of our free will we do choose to sin we have a God who is faithful to forgive us. And if we are truly ex- in right relationship with God, then if we mess up, we know that we can be being just, just again. All right, Pastor Mike, people hear this language of forgiveness and asking for forgiveness, and they start to think, well, my salvation then becomes up to me, what I do. If I accept it or I don't, you know, who is actually the agent of that can bring us salvation? What is the how does that work? What is the true agent of salvation? Pastor Mike, is it? talk yeah. to us a little bit about this. Well, the agent of salvation is none other than Christ Jesus and the work on the cross, the shedding of the blood. And as Pastor Amanda said, um, you know, these, this article is not just justification. It also includes regeneration and adoption. And so, you know, there is definitely not a, a salvation by works or justification by works on our part, but it is the work of Christ Jesus. And so there is a, um, a justification on the faithfulness and the faithful work of Christ. 
uh, that goes to the cross. And so I like the, the terminology that we are pardoned. Um, so pardoned of our sins, that doesn't mean we're not guilty. We are still guilty, but we have been pardoned. And so we have been deemed righteous, which has got the same root word as justification. Uh, in fact, Dr. Dunning uses a word that, that he come up with, righteousification. Uh, but that's where we, we find ourselves being um, pardoned and you know called righteous. And so that it's, it's relational to the covenant. All right, so it kind of is like this. If I go home and I decide I'm going to give my dog a treat and he accepts it, you know, that's a gift for me that he is willingly accepting. If I go home and I say, well, you know, I've got some cheese, maybe Count or Charlie would like some cheese, and I go to give them the cheese and they say, hold up, I smell bacon. And in <laughs> fact, my peepers are good enough to see that you're holding bacon and I would rather have the bacon and they snub the cheese. Well, you know, that's on them. You know, they generally like eating pepper jack cheese, but sometimes they get, you know, a little snooty if they, they see that I'm eating something along with that. And they will. They'll be like, I don't want that. So there is this idea that we are able to receive a gift that is coming from God, but God is the one giving us that gift. It is not up to us on whether God is going to give us that gift or not. It is up to us whether or not we're going to receive it. Just like with the dog, it's a treat that he's being given and... He has to decide whether he's going to like it or he's going to snub it. That being said, I think we're going to take a break and go to a commercial. And I think we will get to actually hear from a dog who, who in all honesty, is a very good boy. He doesn't do a lot of snubbing. Hello, ladies. Do you want to sit with this good boy? Oh, yes, I have to do a commercial. If you would like to help grow and improve Kingdom of the Logos, then make sure you have subscribed to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. You can donate monetarily at patreon.com slash kingdomofthelogos. If you like our content, make sure to hit share and share it with your friends and family. Dog loves you, and more importantly, God loves you. All right, and it is always good to hear from Charlie, the church history dog, who, again, I don't want to do anything to mischaracterize his <laughs> attitude. He is generally good with treats, but as with many creatures, they oftentimes want to negotiate for their best possible outcome. So back to this conversation of justification. We've talked a bit about that it's not this idea where all the effects of sin are erased, because again, some times sin actually affects the world in an irrevocable way. There are things which really do change the trajectory of life, but the penalty of sin, the, the guilt that you have, that can be alleviated. Let's go now to Romans chapter 1 and read 16 and 17. Anthony, would you mind reading that for us? None at all. Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith, as it is written, The one who is righteous will live by faith. And for those of you who follow our Instagram, you'll know we put up a meme about St. George slaying a dragon. So that's kind of fun. Always nice to have that imagery out there. <laughs> but as we read this, Pastor Mike, talk to us a little bit about this scripture and how it relates to justification. Well, obviously there is the word righteousness and just in there that uh, goes back to that re root word in, uh, in the Greek that all we often translate as righteousness, uh, but it also means justification. And so... Uh, this is the, the 
gospel in a nutshell, I like to say, from the Apostle Paul, and that is Christ is King. And in that, it is um, not only uh, the one who is righteous will live by faith, and that's a very key phrase in there because it is a, in the Greek uh, grammar, a middle indicative which points to um, the one who is righteous not being the one who's doing the work. It is definitely Christ who has deemed us righteous and, and the work of Christ uh, and we will live by faith, that is future indicative. Um, but also it is through faith for faith and that is through the faithfulness of Christ's work on the cross produces faith in us to believe in him and to believe in, in not only that but the gospel that Christ is king, that Jesus is our king. So we also come to want to serve our king. We are subjects of the king. All right, Pastor Amanda, we opened up with the statement, what are your expectations after being born again? Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, they, they realize that the struggle with sin is very difficult. And again, struggle meaning that you're, you're wrapped up with something, you're ensnared, and if you lose, well, you're trapped by something. You don't want to be a slave to sin. And for people who, who are born again and they realize that there is this plague, the shadow that follows humanity, and yet they know that God wants something different for them. You know, how does justification really work? And what expectations does that bring to someone? When we were preparing for the show, I know we brought up the example of a courtroom. And a lot of times people will compare justification to being found not guilty in a court setting. But I know you think that is very insufficient. You've got some really good reasons for that. What is, what is wrong with that? Well, I think one of the problems with that analogy is it definitely limits uh, justification. Um, to kind of continue the analogy, if, if, again, you've done something or you're thought to have done something wrong, you go before court and maybe there's insufficient evidence or whatever. So whatever happens, you're found not guilty. One, that doesn't mean you didn't do it. You're not found innocent. And then two, that really has no consequences on the rest of your life because you can just walk out of the courtroom and do whatever you want. Um, and, a, and a more holistic understanding of justification definitely, I think, has issues with, with all that. Um, now, without a doubt, we all have sinned. We know this. Um, I don't think any of us have to be convinced of that too much. There's brokenness in our world. Uh, to an extent, we have played a part in that brokenness. Um, and f justification comes, though, and it does not merely cover us, nor does God pretend that somehow we are no we never sinned or that we are not sinners. Instead, what God does is actually cleanses us, empowers us so that we don't have to sin. And so we no longer have to live, like you said earlier, as slaves to sin. Now, this doesn't mean, again, free will is not eradicated. Uh, temptation does not stop. And sometimes the struggles we have with addiction or various lifestyles may still try to ensnare us or keep us ensnared. Um, but again, this is justification is a change in how we relate to God. And now that grace, and again, I think it's also important to start with the fact that um, before several articles of faith before this is prevenient grace. It is God uh, who starts this uh, conversation. It is uh, God's atonement uh, that really begins uh, where we are, is our starting point. And so from there, God reaches down and says, okay, you have messed up, but I have a way to heal. I have a way to fix you. I have a way to redeem you. And it really is um, an idea of pardon, but it is not in the sense of a pardon as an excuse, 
but it is that your whole life is being transformed. And again, this is why this is important to also keep. And I like that we started with regeneration last week. Um, in the article of faith, it starts with justification, then moves to regeneration. But I really like how we've talked about it because I think if you have a healthy understanding of regeneration, then justification can make sense without going into too much of a... Um, I don't know, legalese battle God has with God's self in order to um, somehow accept us. And that's not it. God doesn't have to pretend we're like we're something we're not in order to accept us. God can transform us into uh, something quite magnificent. And therefore we can be later on uh, next week, we'll talk about adoption. We can truly be a part of the family of God. Right. So, so, so don't expect this to be like a courtroom thing where you're found to be not guilty because again, that's not the same thing as being found innocent. But I think some of the expectations one can have is that God is not going to be like a tyrant. Right. And I suppose to the courtroom setting where, say, you get off from something, you may go in straight back into all the criminal activity. You know, there's no expectation that you will aspire to be something better. With justification, there is an expectation that you should have aspirations in your life. And that's a different mode of thinking than what a lot of people are taught in our modern day and age. A lot of times people say, well, oh, there's exceptions. Not everybody can get stuff. So therefore, it's bad to have goals and bad to have hopes and dreams. It's bad to point to archetypal things and say you should aspire for that. A lot of times people, they want to break down on the standards, just have the world be an ugly place. In the kingdom of God, we realize that God gives us hope. And there's one role model we're given, Christ Jesus. He is the, the life that we should aspire to be like. We look to the ministry and we look to the walk that Christ had and we say that is where we want to go. We want to get as close to that as possible. Uh, Pastor Mike, your thoughts? Well, I just wanted to uh, state that, you know, in, in uh, verse 16 where it says, uh, Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel because uh, it is the power of God. That word power, um, same word we get dynamite, but it's often connected with the Holy Spirit. And just like Pastor Amanda said, this article's preceded in Article 7 with prevenient grace. Article 8 is repentance, and repentance um, is that turning, but it is also that sense of remorse. But the Holy Spirit, as it turns us and moves us, we come straight into justification, regeneration, uh, adoption, uh, which are really so much part of salvation. And so as we are pardoned and of that guilt, that remorse. This is so important for some who have lived such horrific lives and so so much uh, out of right relationship. And it's not even an ethical thing, but um, you know, depending on what that might be in a in a marriage, in in especially the covenant of God that we have. So they are deemed justified. And even though it is a court term, we, we use the word pardon, brought back into right relationship because of the work of Christ. And that, that remorse and everything, we, it's, it's a chance for that, for God to say, I love you, you're back in, you're, you're, you're here. And I love the meme that we started the program with because I think it points to that. Yeah, I think we're going to come full circle back to that meme. But Pastor Mike, you mentioned this word where we get the source for dynamite. Look. There's just too much stuff which is natural comedy in the world for us to pass over something like that. Mm -hmm. What is the word that is our, our root for, for dynamite and what does that normally translate into? Um, well, we translate it as power. The Greek word there is, some will pronounce it dynamis or dunamis. Dunamo. Dunamo. Uh, so dynamite, dunamo, um, dynamic. We get a lot of English now words. Now you say like power. Does it mean something like to be able, ability? What? Where does this word really mean? Well, obviously it is. Anthony, I see that, that you're about to burst at your seams over there. 
I'm not. I just if 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 he wasn't able to, I was ready to. But I guess it comes from uh, Dunamai. Yeah. Yeah. I I am able. I am able. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime you read in scripture something talking about that, I want you to think dyn- dynamite level explosion. Just go ahead and, and visualize that. There's a couple of words. Whenever we see a word like exercise or Jesus casting out a demon, the Greek word ekbalo, it's my favorite word in Greek. It's a word used for like volcanic eruptions, someone like throwing up. It literally means to cast up and out. Um, and it's great to think of a demon being cast out of somebody who looked like a volcanic explosion um, is so exciting. Um, I, I love that. I, I mean... It's too well, much theater there for us to just move past that quickly. Well, and the word that we get from that, this power, this dunamai or whatever, it is often associated not only with the Holy Spirit but God in general. Yeah. And this is the power of God. I mean, and it's a, it's this is not you, no small fire. You go back to the so name we, name that God gives Moses in the wilderness. There's something connected there mm-hmm. with the verb to be. It's really mysterious mm-hmm. how all that comes together. Anthony, I know you had some thoughts that you wanted to share earlier back to our conversation a while ago i did and if you'd like to after i'm done saying that i can kind of circle us back over to something i'd like to say about the meme sure, go ahead. you ready all right cool so firstly i just wanted to say we've been talking a lot about hymns and all that stuff recently and i know him that you like very much is um raised from death to love and living and i do think it's funny because we've talked several times before about how most people today aren't really capable of recognizing that pardon, cleansed, and reconciled are really three different things. And it is sort of funny that we are talking about um, justification, redemption, or regeneration, sorry. Justification, regeneration, and adoption in that sense because in many ways they are so different. And it's kind of funny because anytime we talk about any of them, we're scared to talk about them outside of the balance that they hold with the rest. And so we're always talking about the other two. And especially whenever we're talking about justification here, because there's a lot of people who do believe today that we are simply covered by the righteousness of Christ. Um, whenever it really it is complete fullness, salvation is not just a covering, but also a, a remaking, a rebirth. But um, in any case, I was just going to point out that pardon, cleanse, and reconcile, that is communicating the same sentiment as uh, justification, regeneration, and ad- adoption, is it not? Well, there, yeah, there, there's an element to that, too, there. But to kind of one of your thought lines that I think you were going on is, in our modern world, people don't always spend a lot of time. And, and I hope if someone is listening to this program that they're, they're wanting to, to move away from the world's tendency to not think precisely. Like, again, we live in a world where it's like off limits to use precise language. Like, if you come to someone and you start using words that have specific meaning and you point out, well, hey, don't, don't use the word struggle if you're not talking about struggle. A lot of times we'll be like, hey, don't do that. You're condescending. You're talking down to me. It's like, no, I just want to think clearly. Come on. Let's be able to think about stuff clearly. And a lot of times our world is, is structured in such a way where they like things to be so vague that no one really feels anything. But when it comes to something like justification, there's, there's liberty that is found. And going back to the meme... It is a liberty where God is not the tyrant. You, you don't have to, to worry about living under the tyrannical regime of God the Father. It's not the demiurge, as Marcion likes to, to claim. Um, it's not this cosmic demon. It is instead a, a liberating thing. Pastor Mike. Well, I think any time you talk about justification, it, it, there is a strong connection to the word faith as well. So you have 
this faith in Christ Jesus, but when you really look at the word faith as it's translated from the pistis, it means it means out of the Greek, it means to be loyal. It's fidelity. Um, it, there's so much more. It's belief, but it is that fidelity and loyalness to the faithfulness of Christ being loyal. So we are invited. Not only we're saved by faith, by the faithfulness of Christ. And so that when we are turned, we are brought right into that faith and we are loyal to the Christ, uh, to Jesus the King. All right, Pastor Manor, what are your thoughts? As we start to wrap up this conversation again, giving people expectations, God's not the tyrant, but instead when you can, you can come to, give us some, some more pointers this well, week. Well, I think it's interesting, I mean, especially because there is this prevalence of seeing God as, as this dictator, this tyrant, um, the the deity that wants to kind of zap us or whatever. It's interesting that that's a prevalent idea, especially when we start with the idea when we're talking about salvation, it starts with sacrifice. I mean, it starts with Jesus dying. Well, actually, it doesn't even start with Jesus dying on the cross. It starts with, with the infinite eternal God putting on flesh and being a baby for us, walking around this world, being hungry mm-hmm. and hurt and and experience all the trauma and like, ugliness of the human world and then being tortured and killed and dead graveyard dead not kind of dead not appeared dead 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 and and it's like how do we think a god who would do all that for us somehow we can make so many mistakes or and and commit so many sins that we are beyond justification that we are beyond being made righteous and there is a response on our part and there is a responsibility on our part to live into that righteousness, to live into that justification. But how can we ever think that a God who is willing to do so much for us is going to somehow be like, nah, yeah, you broke it. That's it. No more. I, yeah. And I know it comes from bad theology and it comes from from, from bad understanding of, of, of our Old Testament and an idea of... of, of God coming and judging, and it is not an arbitrary judgment. And I think maybe that's where it starts too for us, is we have such bad judgment as human beings, we think God judges the way we judge. And we are terrified of that. Because if God judges the way we judge, we're in trouble. We are not going to be justified. We are going to be put in the lowest pits of hell with the furnace cranked up 10 times hotter. But if our God is truly our God, and will just it will judge us by god's standards by yahweh's standards and not ours then there is this this hope and this passion that no matter where we are or no matter where we go that there is a heavenly father that is running after us well with that i think we'll go ahead and wrap things up if you have any thoughts questions or comments please send them to us again that meme i'll have anthony put it back up for a few more seconds i think it really captures a, a really good mentality when coming to the, the question of justification, this idea that in religion, in other words, the churchianity that one may find themselves in, this idea where you've got the law, but you don't have the spirit of the law, there's this idea that, you know, I mess up and now dad is going to strike me down with lightning bolts, as opposed to in true gospel living, you realize one is messed up and you actually need to, to call one's dad. You need to reach out and, well, solutions can be had. There's, there's an honorable and a righteous way of overcoming things to get them back in a righteous state. So we'll go around real quick. Any final thoughts? Pastor Mike, you good? I am, I, you know, I am just so humbled as Pastor Amanda was really preaching, I think, a little bit there, um, that, you know, for everything that we have 
have done that Christ says, you know, I died for you and I will justify you and bring you into right relationship in the covenant. And so when we receive uh, the elements, uh, even after our baptism and that the, the Holy Eucharist and continue to abide in Him, and uh, I know that's an outward sign of the inward grace when God is worked, but it is that continual love that we um, grow our faith into yeah. what Christ has done. So it's uh, it is a journey, no doubt, but at the same time, it is not go and keep sinning, but it is go and sin no more and um, come home. Uh, they do definitely all go together. Justification, regeneration, adoption. All right. Anthony, Tony Boy, <laughs> The Rock, <laughs> Allegria. Tony Boy. Oh, I, I think am we, a man of many titles, I guess. I, I think we were going to call you Rock hats. Love as, as a combination <laughs> no. of your name. Anthony Rock Love. No, that one's not acceptable. Yeah, I, I think we can veto that one pretty quickly. I, I don't that know. One. I think there's a... No. Um, <laughs> it's strangely comical. Anyways, In any case, the, it, uh, on the meme, uh, I will say to Amanda's point, it does portray two totally different natures of God. And also at the same time, it does bring to mind a lot of people who are suffering from a distance that they have between God and themselves, who even though they are in the church or maybe they're not in the church, whatever else, they are living in this this religion dynamic that's laid out. I messed up. My dad is going to kill me. And that, honestly, that's that's almost heartbreaking to think about whenever you consider the possibilities of the gospel, which is I messed up. I need to call my dad. Yeah, absolutely. Pastor Amanda? No, I think I think we have said all that can be said about this. Um, but Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we finally wrapped up this one. And with that, write letters to the General Church of the Nazarene saying, Kingdom of the Logos, sort it out, Article of Faith 9. <laughs> see their video if never send it to another subcommittee never let this come up at general assembly again and with that god love you all and maybe we'll have a job next week goodbye